I mean, James is, I love it. I mean, he is, he's got the jokes. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm probably going to have to have a study with him on jokes so I can get better at mine. I mean, that was perfect. <clears throat> I, I would have messed that one up. I'd have messed it up somehow. I don't know how, but I'd have messed it up. <clears throat> one day, I got a couple jokes in my back pocket that I ain't pulled out on y'all yet, and they are good, I'm telling you. I ain't even going to tell you who they come from yet. I'll give them the credit when it's done, but I got two good ones. I know you'll laugh at them, so I'm going to wait. I'll have to wait a little longer now so since I told you all about it. But Okay, so tonight we're going to... Uh, get into David in the cave. 1 Samuel chapter 22, verses 1 through 5. 1 Samuel chapter 22, verses 1 through 5. And you know, thinking about this, and I'm really excited about the David study just because he's such a, he's such a, a, a character in all kinds of ways. He was a man after God's own heart, but he was definitely human. You know, we looked at last week David uh, doing a little bit of lying with his friend Jonathan. And, and we'll see a little bit more of that tonight as we get into the context. But before we get there, I want us to just consider this as we begin. You know, there's a pattern that's repeated uh, over, in the, over and over in the scriptures. And really, it's still true today. Uh, think about this. God gives a promise and then time passes and then He delivers. Think about Abraham and Sarah, right? The promise of Isaac. They waited and then it came. Think about Joseph when he uh, had those dreams at the beginning of his life and he had to wait all of those years, went through a lot of struggles and then he figured out what those dreams actually meant. Think about uh, the Israelites. Think about going to... Uh, uh, from, from Egypt coming out of it and going through 40 years in the desert, all of those issues that they had, going into captivity, coming out. Think about all of those things uh, that they struggled with. You know, God had promised them a promised land and then they end up getting it and then they end up messing it up. But think about those things that God promised them. And we also see that in the Messiah coming, right? Early on in Genesis, we see this promise of this Messiah coming, and then He came. Jesus came, and then He left, and here we are today waiting on another promise. Jesus Christ coming back. Amen? And what a day that'll be when Jesus finally comes back and gets His children. Amen? So this morning we talked about remembering and tonight I want to talk about something a little bit different. Talking about remembering maybe when, when life seems good, when life is going really good, sometimes if we're not careful, if we're not uh, paying attention, we'll kind of forget those things that God has blessed us with. But tonight I want to talk about another situation. I want to talk about the other side of that. You know, maybe life was going good for you. Let me set it up like this. Maybe life was going good for you. Maybe those things that you'd been praying for, it seems like it's beginning to fall in place. You know, all of the things that you wanted to do and, and you think that God's wanting you to do and be a part of is just happening like it's supposed to. And then all of a sudden, it goes south. 
You ever been there? You ever had uh, that moment where all of a sudden the things that you thought was going good and, and you were thinking, man, God's really answering my prayers and then all of a sudden it changes. All of a sudden, what you were uh, trying to uh, seek for and go for and, and, and the things that you thought was going to uh, happen like you thought, all of a sudden didn't. Well, we see that from David. Think about David. He's, he has been anointed by Samuel to be the king. He had been anointed to be the king. He kills Goliath. He not only kills Goliath, Saul tells him that you're going to come live with me in my house. So now David has moved into Saul's house. Now, not only does he uh, live in the house, he becomes close friends with the king's son, Jonathan. I mean, best friends. Everybody in the whole, uh, all of Saul's servants love him. All the people love him. Everybody is drawn to David and then it all changes. Then it all goes to a different direction. Saul becomes jealous and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that because we've looked at that. He becomes jealous and he hates David. And because he hates David, David ends up on the run. He ends up on the run and he begins doing some crazy things. He sets up this lie with Jonathan last week we looked at. And here again, if you will, look with me in verse in chapter 21 just real quick to get us into the context. Chapter 21, now look at this, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. But uh, I want you to look at the first three verses. Now David, this is right after he leaves from Jonathan. David came to Nob, to Ahimelech, the priest. And Ahimelech was afraid when he met David and said to him, Why are you alone and no one is with you? So David said to Ahimelech, the priest, and I want you to listen to what he says. The king has ordered me on some business and said to me, Do not let anyone know anything about the business on which I send you or what I have commanded you. And I have directed my young men to such and such a place. Now therefore, what have you on hand? Give me five loaves of bread in my hand or whatever can be found. What does David do to the priest? He lies again. I mean, David is in... Think about the, the area of, of, of his mind, where he's at mentally. He's already uh, tried to devise this plan with, with Jonathan to figure out what Saul's thinking and, and, and how he's going to, if he wants to kill him or if he doesn't. And now here he is, he goes to the priest and he says, oh, the king's done sent me on some business. He sent me on a matter and I need to uh, get some food because I got my, my soldiers in such and such a place. Another lie. David, remember was a man after God's own heart. But boy, that doesn't sound like one, does it? That doesn't sound like somebody who has a heart after God. Here he was in a confused situation. Here he was in a dangerous situation. He's getting hunted down to be killed. How would you act? How would you be uh, uh, in your emotions and, and the way that you were doing things if you were being hunted to be killed? He was acting like a human being. 
wasn't he? This isn't Jesus Christ. This isn't somebody who doesn't sin. Why is it so beautiful to see David and study him? Because he's human. It goes to show again that we as human beings can have and strive to have a heart after God. Amen? That's encouraging to me. That helps me know that even though I mess up, even though I do things wrong, I still can be pleasing to God. I can still be acceptable in His sight. So here He is. He gets this showbread. And I want to look at another verse. And that's a whole other lesson in itself. But look at verse number 8. And David said to Ahimelech, Is there not here on hand a spear or a sword? For I have brought neither my sword nor my weapons with me because the king's business required haste. It required haste. I need to hurry up and get there. It's very urgent that I handle his business. So do you have any weapons? I mean, just piling on this lie. So he ends up getting Goliath's sword. The priest in verse 9 said, The sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, there it is, wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you will take that, take it. For there is no other except that one here. And David said, there's none like it, give it to me. So he takes Goliath's big old sword with him and he leaves. And then verse 10 it says, Then David arose and fled that day from before Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. Now he goes to this king in, in Gath. And the servants of, of this king, they say, Is this not David, the king of the land? You remember this song that they sung? You remember uh, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands? So now David has went into this other kingdom and now they're saying, isn't that the king? Now what do you think about somebody who is an enemy with another country and the king is there? What is the first thing you're going to try to do? Probably kill him, huh? Immediately. So now David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of the king of Gath. And so look what he does. So he changed his behavior before them, pretended madness in their hands, scratched on the doors of the gate, and let his saliva fall down on his beard. Then Achish said to his servants, Look, you see the man is insane. Why have you brought him to me? Have I need of a madman that you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? No, get him out of here. David is in, a, in disarray. David is, I mean, put yourself in his shoes. What a terrible situation to have to act like a madman to be able to get out of a situation. Coming off of a lie that he tells the priest. What in the world is going on? is what I'd be saying. Because look where I end up if I'm David. Verse 1 of chapter 22. David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave, cave of Adullam. There he was, in the cave. You know, if I was David and I realized that I was the anointed king, you know what I'd be saying to God right now? What's up? What's happening? It was going so good, and now all of a sudden, what, what's happened to my life? How did I end up in this cave? 
Why don't you hurry up, God? Why don't you hurry up and answer my prayer? What happens when we find ourselves in the cave of life? When we're struggling to understand what God is doing? You ever been in that situation? Boy, I have. And sometimes it's hard, isn't it? To know exactly what God's doing. Because He won't answer it just like I need Him to. Maybe you find yourself saying, I'm trying to serve you, Lord. But boy, you're making it awful hard for me. Because <laughs> you won't answer it like I need you to, right? Boy, you're making it awful hard for me to be a Christian because you won't answer the prayer like I need you to. I know what's right. But let's look at three things that I've prayed about that will help us as we push through these tough and unsure moments of life. The first thing that i like for us to consider is in the cave, we must continue to serve the Lord. Now watch this come to life, y'all. This is what's so beautiful about the Bible. Watch this come to life. David, therefore, verse 1 again, departed, sorry, departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became their captain, so he became captain over them, and there was about 400 men with them. David's in this terrible spot. He's in a cave hiding for his life trying to figure things out. Turn with me to Psalm 142. I want us to get a little bit more of an in-depth look at what David was thinking. This is David when he's in the cave. Listen to what he says. Psalm 142. I cry out to the Lord with my voice. With my voice to the Lord, I make my supplication. I pour out my complaint before Him. I declare before Him my trouble. Man, what a powerful beginning. Amen? What can I do when I'm down? What can I do when I'm struggling? What do I need to do? Present it to God. Here was David in the cave. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, verse 3, then you knew my path in the way which I walk. They have secretly set a snare for me. Look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul. I cried out to you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from, your from, from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison that I may praise your name, for the righteous shall surround me, for you shall deal bountifully with me. 
No one cares for my soul, verse 4. No one cares about me. No one's there for me, Lord. What's happening? I feel so isolated. I feel like the world is just crushing in on me. Lord, I don't know what to do. But look at verse 5. I cried out to you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry. I know the Lord will be there. And in the end, he says, for you, of verse 7, you shall deal bountifully with me. I don't know if this was written before the family and before the friends came, but boy, what a beautiful setup if it did, right? Because here he is, he says, I care about, nobody cares for my soul, and guess who shows up? The family. And then look who else shows up. Everyone who was in distress, back to, the, back to 1 Samuel 22, everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. They gathered to him. Here was a guy who was down and out. Here was a guy who had all these struggles going on. Now let's make application to the point. What did David do? He continued to serve the Lord. Look at what it says. So he became their captain. He's got all kinds of drama going on. He's got all kinds of situations going on. But guess what he's doing? He's continuing to serve the Lord. People are drawn to him. There's something about David, right? You remember we already looked at in chapter 17 that he behaved wisely in all his ways. Was he a human? Absolutely. Did he do things that were contrary to God's word? Absolutely. We see him lying right here just earlier. But people were drawn to him. And what did he do? He became their captain. There were about 400 of them that came out there. And his family. Making application for us today. Even though we go through tough times. Even though we have tough situations that happen. Even when we think that the Lord isn't with us. We can still be effective to others. We can still encourage other people to see the light of Jesus within us. Now I want you to think about... This verse right here, 1 Peter 4, 19. It says, therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to Him in doing good as to a faithful Creator. You want to know what you got to do when you're down and out? Stay busy doing God's work. Because when you stop, Guess what you do? You start thinking about it, and you start thinking about it, and you start thinking about it, and then guess what happens? You become more depressed, you become more sad, the world starts to cave in more and more and more. So what does the Lord tell you to do? You're not going to get away from the tough situations. It just ain't going to happen. But what does He say? Commit your soul to Him. Commit it to Him in doing good. Continue to do the things that you're supposed to do. You remember we looked at Peter just a little bit this morning. He said, add to your faith virtue. Now what's virtue? Good qualities, right? Good things about people. It's the qualities that are good. 
Not only physically, but spiritually. God wants us to be about His business and that helps us push through the tough times. Because we're going to go through them. But we commit our soul to a faithful Creator because we know that He's going to be there for us. We know that He's going to figure it out, right? Even when we're going through a tough time or suffering, if we commit our souls to Him and we commit ourselves to doing good, guess what? We, we, we let go of the strength that that problem has on us. Not that it's going to go away, but what it does is the power becomes less and less because I'm continuing to do what God wants me to do. Man, what a beautiful concept. What a beautiful concept. You know, I think about this committing their soul. You remember what Jesus said? Uh, to love the Lord your God with what? All your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. With everything. And that helps you through these situations. Think about the second thing. Continue to seek His will in the cave. Now look at verses 3 and 4. So these 400 men, here they are with Him. Then David went from there to Misphat of Moab. And he said to the king of Moab, Please let my father and mother come here with you till I know what God will do for me. So he brought them before the king of Moab and they dwelt with him all the time that David was in the stronghold. We just talked about continuing to serve the Lord in the cave. But now we need to look at this. We need to continue to seek his will. Turn with me to Psalm 143, 143, 143, yeah. Psalm 143, sorry, I got a little tongue tied. Psalm 143, verses 9 and 10. Another Psalm of David. Look at what he says. He says, deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. In you I take shelter. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. So what happens in the context of 1 Samuel 22? David understands that God is going to be with him. He goes to Moab. He goes to the king of Moab and he asks this king to take care of his family for him. Wow, that's going out on a limb, ain't it? To take him over to Moab and say, hey, can you take care of my family for me until I get done with my problems? But look what he says in verse 3 at the very end. He says, please let my father and mother come here with you till I know what God will do for me. Not he might do something. He might do it or he might not. You remember what David said when Goliath was about to come out there? Today, God's delivered you into my hands. You're talking about confidence. David still has the confidence. He understands that seeking God's will is this principle. 
God will deliver. Amen? He's going to deliver. He's going to deliver on the day of judgment. He's going to deliver on a bunch of things, right? He's already delivered in so many things that we can see in the Bible. He is a deliverer. And here's what he says. I don't know when it's going to be. But can you take care of my mother and my father till I know what God will do for me? Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. In you I take shelter. I don't know when. I don't know how. But guess what? I know you will. And that's why I put my shelter. uh, You are my shelter. You are my comfort. I want you to lead me in the land of uprightness. Because I know that you will guide me the right way in this tough time. I'm in a cave. I'm in a cave and i got to depend on a king who probably wants to kill me really. Look at this verse. 1 John 5.14 Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, brethren. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. He hears us. David, I'm sure, has been praying, God help me, I don't know what's going on. I don't have the exact location of that and if he wrote it in a psalm or not. But we see that he cried out to Him. He cried out to help Him. So he understood where his his help was going to come from. And he says, I don't know when it's going to be, king. But I know that when God tells me what to do, then I'll be able to do it. But until then, I'm going to keep seeking Him. Lord, I pray that according to Your will, whatever the situation is will be done. And however it plays out, guess what? I understand that's how God wanted it to be done. Amen? Now this is the confidence that we have in Him. It goes back to that thought of confidence. Confidence in the Lord. Confidence in what He says. Confidence in what He'll do for us. And that helps us as we're going through this cave of life, so to speak. And you know, what's so cool about this is, uh, talking about this king, it says that, In verse 4, so he brought them before the king of Moab and they dwelt with him all the time that David was in the stronghold. They dwelt there. Not a problem at all. (laughs) I wonder who made sure of that, right? God is working all the time. Isn't that what Jesus said in John 5, 17? He's always working. So we see in the cave we must continue to serve the Lord. We must also continue to seek His will. But what else can we learn from David as we close tonight? The third thing, be ready to obey His Word. Really simple. Be ready to obey His Word. Look at verse 5. Now the prophet Gad said to David, Do not stay in the stronghold. Depart and go to the land of Judah. So David departed and went into the forest of Herod. The prophet comes and he tells David, don't stay in this stronghold. Don't stay right here because it ain't safe. You need to go. And when a prophet speaks, 
What is he speaking? The word of the Lord, ain't he? And what does David do? He departs. He gets up and he goes. No questions. He says, he went to the forest. He immediately leaves. When the answer comes and it's according to his word, we must be ready to respond. Amen? And if we're training ourselves in this way, we'll be ready. Whether it's reading the Bible for yourself, whether it's hearing God's Word in Bible class, whether it's hearing it from preaching, whether it's hearing it from studying with others, whether it's memorizing scriptures, whatever it is, the Word of God is powerful. It's what will guide us. And when we realize it, we must obey it. But listen to this, and, and if you don't get anything else out of the whole lesson, just get this part right here. Just this part right here. When we intentionally cut ourselves off from God's Word, it shows that we don't want to hear it. And we don't really care about it. And it really isn't that big of a deal. And boy, that's sad. Amen? It shows that we don't want to hear what God says because maybe we're doing something that we really ain't supposed to be doing. And maybe we know that it's in there, but we understand that also it's going to tell us how to fix it and we don't necessarily want to fix it, right? We don't want to understand what we must do to get out of the cave that we found ourselves in. Hebrews 4.12 We know this verse very well. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. In the good and in the bad, we must continue to keep our eyes on Him. Knowing that He's with us. Knowing that if we continue to serve Him, if we continue to seek His will, and when we understand what His Word tells us to do, we obey it, it will help us in these tough times. When we're in the cave. And therefore, when we understand that, this becomes our mindset. Here was David in the cave also. And this is what he says. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations. For your mercy reaches unto the heavens. And your truth into the clouds. Be exalted. O oh God, above the heavens, let your glory be above all the earth. To God be the glory, great things He has done. Amen? No matter what it is, no matter what we're going through, why don't we continue to keep our eyes on Him? I hope that you do. I hope that in these tough trials you don't give up and throw in the towel because God is with you. God will help you. God will deliver you. And as you go through these tough situations, do not think people aren't watching. Because they are. And they're encouraged when you do the right thing. And it continues to help them grow spiritually. Don't give up. 
David doesn't give up. This is just the beginning of a long battle that he's about to have with Saul. And in the end, what happens? He's crowned king. It comes to pass, but it doesn't come right when David probably wanted it, right? He figured when he was anointed, it probably wouldn't be too much longer after that. But he says, I'll praise you. I'll sing about you. I'll talk about you. Because your glory is above all the earth. You're the most important thing to me, no matter what I'm going through. Is God the most important thing to you? Is God the most important thing to you ever? I hope it is. I love you all so very much, and I appreciate your attention. Thank you for uh, being here this evening. Uh, Happy Mother's Day again to all the mothers. I hope you've had a great day. You guys are such a blessing to me. I got a lot of mamas in here, and I appreciate it. I, 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 I need that. I need to be helped out. And uh, I know that your husbands do too. So I appreciate y'all keeping them straight. Miss Kay, appreciate it. Maybe you're here today and you need to obey the gospel. Maybe you're here today and you need to become a Christian. Maybe you're here today and you just need some prayers. Maybe you need some encouragement. Maybe you need some hugs. Maybe you need to repent of something. Whatever your struggle is, whatever you're going through, if you're not a Christian, don't wait. Do not wait. Jesus is going to come back, and he's going to come back for his children. And he said that if you want to be saved, you can. And you do it by believing in who he is, repenting of your sins, confessing his name before men, saying that you believe he is the Son of God, being baptized in water for the remission of your sins, and living a a life faithful unto death. Whatever it is you need, come right now. Together we stand and sing.